Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. We're going to talk about one of the buzzwords that's popped up in recent times, the metaverse. Yes, uh, all things Web 4.0 as well. That's another buzzword. And no doubt it's been fueled by the pandemic as well as Facebook putting its weight behind the metaverse. But how much of reality is actually viable into this new world? Our next guest believes that we will see the metaverse riding on the tailcoats of the internet, essentially mirroring the characteristics of the internet's power map of today. She also recently released a book titled Parallel Metaverses, how the US, China and the rest of the world are shaping up different virtual worlds. Uh, Quite interesting. It talks about the two as well as the rest of the world and how they'll build their respective metaverses that will be largely dependent and distinctive of each other. I want to find out more right now on the line with me is Nina Xiang, co-founder and CEO for China Money Network. Nina, good morning. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about this conversation because we're going to talk about the metaverse world. But before we dive into that, could you introduce your company a little bit? Tell me more about China Money Network. Sure. China Money Network is a data and intelligence platform bridging the Chinese Asian tech space with the international venture capital and tech ecosystem. We provide technology and venture capital and financial data to mostly financial institutions. So that's our uh, main business. And for me, I've written three books. And the latest one, as you say, is focused on the metaverse, which is really an exciting topic. Yeah, the metaverse indeed is an exciting topic. I guess as we dive into this topic about the metaverse, what's your perspective of the current state of the metaverse? Everyone say it's just at the beginning stage. How much is ready for the rest of the world? Yes, so let's first talk about what really is the metaverse. This word, I think there currently is no consensus on what it means. Different people have different ideas. If you ask the CEO of Google, Facebook, Microsoft, and Apple, they all have their own definition, not to mention other opinion leaders. You know, Chinese tech companies have their own ideas. And if you ask people in the blockchain industry, they have their own set of visions for the future, too. So we're really in a stage where we have used the term metaverse to describe a rather vague and, I guess, disputed concept. Mm. So with that in mind, currently, as you were saying, my book is focused about how the tech giants in different countries are trying to build the metaverse with, you know, perhaps what they have already in their empire. You know, if you look at Facebook, how they have already have this giant social media platform and how they're going to leverage that capability. But there is a whole group of different, you know, a blockchain community who's really championing for the Web3 concept and they envision a completely different metaverse. So basically, we have to really set out the basis for the discussion that there's really no consensus. Everybody has their own idea. And we're really unsure of how the whole thing are going to evolve. You know, whose force are going to be more powerful, who's going to overpower the other side. That's all up to be seen. 
I'm glad you put it that way because you're right. It is really quite vague and general in that sense. If we were to focus on the US and China, like in your book, right, and talk about how these two countries are sort of pioneering and shaping up the metaverse, is it possible to understand what's the target audience here? Is it correct to say it's everyone or let's go for the shoppers, the online shoppers first because they're used to going online? Yes. I think generally speaking, there are two major applications of the metaverse. One, you could call them to be. So it's, you know, targeting the business applications. Another would be to consumer. So basically, Mark Zuckerberg's version of the metaverse where a large amount of people will be glued to their phone or wearing headset and experiencing this virtual fantasy land all day long. But personally, I'm actually more optimistic and more, I think the two business applications will have a more robust future because they can really create value in a lot of different use cases. But to consumer, when you were asking about online shopping, Sure, you know, we can, we now just shop on our phone, but in the future, we can wear a headset and see how something fits on us, you know, more accurately. And we can perhaps lower the return ratio for online shopped uh, items. But I would say that's a natural evolution of how internet, mobile internet, they're going to evolve into the next stage of being virtual, immersive, three-dimensional, and, you know, more engaged and intimate. But aside from that, I doubt it's going to increase the current e-commerce market size. Aside from that, we're going to buy a lot more things in the virtual world. So in that sense, that's going to create an additional extra type of you know, universe where we're going to be just buying and selling and transacting virtual goods. And that's going to be a sizable market. There are different estimates and you know, from hundreds of billions of dollars to potentially trillions. But we really have to wait and see. Actually, Nina, if you don't mind, uh, could you expand a little on that? I mean, why do you say that you don't think it's really going to increase the online shopping market share in that sense? Is it really a case of we need more infrastructure within the homes? Like in the past, not everyone had a personal computer, that type of thing? I guess what I meant was that right now we have pretty high penetration ratio for online shopping, particularly after the COVID pandemic. You know, people who are going to shop for things online, they've already done so. So if you're talking about, you know, we're going to shop maybe my shoes or my dresses in the future in the metaverse, then I'm already doing that nowadays. So in that sense, I mean, it's not going to, you know, enlarge the existing e-commerce market size that significantly purely because of the metaverse technology it still grows because of other forces because other populations are going to do more online shopping we're going to shop more type of things online but you know in terms of existing penetration in countries like u.s china and singapore where online shopping already have high penetration that's not going to go much further Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Nina, what's your observation in terms of what brands are doing to prepare for the metaverse? And what do you think brands can do to better prepare for it, to embrace this future that's obviously on the horizon? Yeah, we have seen a lot of brands entering the metaverse and they're trying new things like different luxury brands, setting up shop in the metaverse 
whether you know on different platforms, sometimes on Roblox, sometimes on Decentraland, sometimes on Sandbox, you know, all the major metaverse platforms. Brands are setting up shop. That's a new venue and new location where they can engage their potential audience in a brand new way. They're going to engage the type of audience who are really young, dynamic, who are willing to try new things. So generally, a very good type of audience you want to be engaged with. So for brands, I think now if they get you know do do different type of promotional activities or user engagement in the metaverse, they're going to see quite significant benefit from it because it's still something people are excited about, and you will be able to sort of establish your brand as something you know that's really on the frontier, on the pioneer of you know a new emerging technology. So I think you know more brands are going to do the same. We're going to see everybody pretty much embracing it. Mm. Actually, talking about engagement, one of the most common ways we see now, and and China does this so well, right? Gamification. How big a role do you think gamification will play when it comes to the metaverse? When you say gamification, do you also include like games? Yeah, sure. My view is that gaming is going to be the starter and the main dish of the metaverse banquet. So it's not only going to be the first experience for a lot of users. You know, who first go to the metaverse, they're going to be playing games. Mm. So if you look at ByteDance, they just acquired a virtual reality headset company last year in 2021 called Pico. And Pico is very similar to Meta's Oculus Quest headset. I think the two companies have quite similar strategies in terms of how they want to craft and build the metaverse. So if you look at Pico's headset content, about 80% of the applications available in the Pico store are games. And if you look at Oculus Quest store, a very high proportion are also games. So that's what people will first experience in the metaverse. Probably it's going to be gaming. And gaming is going to be also a very important and sizable market for metaverse applications. I can't remember the numbers, but I think probably you're talking about, you know, not if not half or more than half of potential revenue or even, you know, user engagement or user count are going to be related to gaming. And if you're talking about gamification as an element for brands and company when they expand into the metaverse, then that's also going to be a very key element because, you know, when you're in the immersive virtual world, gaming is so easy, you know, it attracts people and uh, people enjoy playing it. You know, if you have, I don't know, like an online shop or metaverse shopping portal, if you incorporate some gaming elements to that whole experience, not only users will feel more engaged and more likely to continue and finish the shopping, they're also going to have a better experience. So definitely this is very important. Mm. Just a final question, and I understand if this is slightly out of your area of expertise. Though I would like to get your opinion, though. Talking about how you know the metaverse is shaping up gamification as what we just discussed, how much of a part do you think governments are going to play in terms of trying to control its influence? Take, for example, China. They, you know, there are certain curfews on what time minors are able to engage with online influencers. Do you see the potential for such concerns to continue to be on the rise, especially, you know, in line with the rise of the metaverse? 
For China's case, we know that China has banned uh, game consoles in the past. Mm-hmm. And of course, recently they have limited the amount of time students and minors can play games only three hours a week. So very dramatic actions to curb yeah. the use of gaming, especially for young people. And I think my understanding of Beijing's view on the metaverse is they're extremely concerned for some of the potential negative impact of the metaverse on probability. I guess, you know, young people's education and not spending so much time on productive things. So we have already seen them cracking down on virtual land transactions. And if they see that how young people and even just regular people potentially spending more time in it for unproductive things, mm-hmm. which impact how the real economy performs, I'm sure they're going to take very, very harsh actions to stop that and to curb that kind of negative impact. Mm. But for other countries, it's very different. So each country is very different. I don't, you know, in the U.S., for example, that wouldn't be a concern. But in China, for sure, we've already seen a very cautious uh, approach from the government. They haven't really fully embraced the concept. They haven't come out with an official document that put in the word of metaverse into a high-level, central government-level policy document yet. I mean, there are a lot of local governments who've done so already, but not on the central government level. So I'm expecting the Chinese government to be highly cautious and highly, I guess, careful when they craft their policy towards the metaverse. Thank you so much. We've been speaking with Nina Xiang, who is the co-founder and CEO of China Money Network. Nina, appreciate your time. You take care and stay safe, yeah? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.